2: That's it
0: for the Fightful Select Weekender Podcast live in Toronto. Stay tuned for The List and your boy coming up next. Time for this fucking shift to end.
2: All right,
3: man, you ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Uh, got a lot of good stuff this week. I think you're going to dig what, what I got for you, so.
2: All right, we good to go? What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com.
4: It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp.
3: What? What's up, you guys? Why did you choose to put that up then? I don't know. Why not? Without saying anything to me. I mean, it wasn't a secret. I gotta tell you, La Maria's really pissed. I thought that was Ed Nordholm. No, it's La Maria today. And La uh, Maria, oh shit. Yeah, and, and La Maria's really pissed because whoa, she's whoa
0: whoa whoa. How do I think they I think AAA probably trademarked that it, it it's LA
3: Maria. Uh, no, it's, may, maybe it's La Parca and L.A. Park. This is La Maria. <laughs> I don't know. And she's really upset because she's the chief brand officer of Fightful.com and the Listening You Boy, and she did not know that you were going to run that intro. I,
0: I like that a cardboard cutout with a mask on has a higher position in the company than I do, a higher title. It's kind of like reality. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it?
3: So uh, uh, we're going to start off today with a story. And I know so I have told Sean this. I can't see the live chat. I have to watch the show back. I know in the live chat that people like to write, oh, it's story time with Jimmy. I've seen people do that.
0: Are you telling a story? Yeah, oh, yeah. You do tell stories.
3: I do tell stories. So be can... is
0: charged with the stories.
3: But they're always good, my opinion, and wrestling related. Normally yeah, sometimes. So it makes it <laughs> this is this is an interesting one, Sean. You're gonna like this one. So okay. last last week in Toronto they had the fan expo. And it's kind of like Comic Con, right? And last Thursday, and I don't know what day that was, August 30, maybe was uh, WWE birthday. Day, WWE Day. Yeah. So they had AJ Styles and The Miz and Charlotte and Triple H there. And Triple H never does this stuff ever. All he ever does is fan access. That is it. This is this was a rare thing. He did it uh, from what I heard for a couple reasons. One reason is proceeds for him went to Connor's Cure. September is the month they're promoting that. So the timing worked out on that. Uh, on top of that, Ron Smackdown were in town last week. And then on top of that, they know SummerSlam for next year. So he had a lot going on that gave him reason to do it. Uh, I know people in the sports memorabilia world, as you know, Sean. And so I got a little bit of Intel about the triple H appearance. And I thought Ooh. it was, I thought it was interesting. And I thought I'm going to share this stuff on the air. So I know people that are in that world. I know people that are involved with the fan expo and all that. Uh, Triple H was paid a fee of a hundred grand for two hours wow. for the fan expo. Now, to his credit, he did not pocket that money. He donated that money to Connors Cure.
0: That's fantastic. Which
3: is really good, right? Before that, it was arranged for him to do a private signing backstage with sports memorabilia with a sports memorabilia company. And they had a bunch of like Funko Pops, they had replica belts. They even had pictures of Triple H and Shawn Michaels holding the bananas. Remember the DX days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was signing all that stuff, right? He was given... uh, I heard he was given like ten grand US to sign X number of pieces. And I heard that there were a couple of WWE employees there, a couple of women, and they were there overseeing all this stuff. Yeah. And apparently it was one of these situations where whenever Hunter was around, these girls were like, you know, hands off, quiet, you know, the boss is here kind of thing. Whenever Hunter was busy for a minute, they were... I'm not going to use any derogatory terms. <laughs> oh, they, were, no. they were very difficult to the reps that were there wow. uh, for the Sportsman Mobility company. I heard that one of them said to one of the reps, uh, how do you feel about yourself knowing that he's doing this for charity and you're going to profit off of it? And, uh, and the rep looked at her and said, this was booked in advance. This was not a last minute thing. You're full aware that we're doing this. And I just gave him $10,000 t- towards charity. And they're being really difficult. At one point, that, that picture with the bananas, yeah, the, one of the girls said to one of the reps, this isn't a, a licensed photo. What are you doing with this? This isn't a licensed photo. And they picked it up, and they said to Triple H, you don't have to sign this. This isn't a licensed photo. Triple H looked at the girl. He said, put it down. And the girl put it down, and he signed everything. I was told Hunter was awesome. I was told he was personable, he was friendly, he was talkative. I heard he was very accommodating. I heard he couldn't have been cooler. Uh, And it was just the little reps, the little minions that were running around that were being real difficult. And when I heard that from one of my friends in the industry, because he heard it from the rep, uh, I just thought, man, i got to tell this story on the air about how Triple H was cool and was willing to sign everything put in front of him because it was going to charity. And uh, and those people were being uh, nasty, Nigel. I got tell you it's, that story.
0: Isn't it wild? I mean, Triple H used to have the the reputation of being kind of hard to deal with and political and all that. And, he's matured, well, I think, I and, guess and once he got what he needed to.
3: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you it's, know? They they you probably know this from MMA. They always say that MMA fighters are typically humble because they know they can kick your ass. Yeah. So they're typically humble and they don't have ego. I think Hunter's at a point where he's probably he probably feels lucky to be where he is. <laughs> And I pro- he probably looks at it like I'm in a pretty good spot now. I make pretty good money. I make more than probably anybody in the room with me right now, and uh, let's do this kind of thing, you know. Well, good. I, heard, I heard. I heard he was worrying about us so much. I don't know if he necessarily worries about I us. I don't think he
0: knows who I am. Well, he knows who I am. I've talked to the man, but.
3: Yeah, I, I think there are certain people in certain legal departments that care about us. I you don't know, some know. Other
0: departments too. From what I learned this week,
3: yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know if I don't know if Triple H himself cares so much, but uh, no,
0: he doesn't. He doesn't care. I mean, he's he's always very welcoming when I'm on his media calls and all that stuff. He's, right. he's always been nice to me.
3: Certain specialized attorneys have an issue with <laughs> fightful.com
0: from from right. maybe other companies in the Northeast, Jersey All Pro Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, Combat
3: maybe. Zone, Combat Zone.
0: I'm out, yeah. So. yeah. yeah.
3: So, uh, Could anyway, you imagine
0: if they had a legal
3: department? Yeah. That was my story, and, uh, and I showed Sean a photo. I didn't bring it with me. I should have. I have a, a signed picture of Randy Couture and, and Chuck Liddell, anybody that's an MMA fan, and it's signed by both of them. We're going to give it away in a Fightful MMA contest. The same guys that I know that did the wrestling signing got me that uh i actually have two of them but i chose i'm going to keep one for myself because it's cool and the other one we're going to give away in a contest so every now and then i hear these stories about certain guys and because this one was triple h i was like i'm going to tell this one because uh of how how cool he was apparently
5: yeah
0: i mean he's he's always seemed pretty easy to deal with and i love the leaps that he makes in helping out wrestling media because i mean obviously anybody watching this knows how passionate i am about that and if it were up to almost anybody but him, there would not be quarterly calls or however often they do NXT takeovers. There, there, those wouldn't happen. He right. understands the value of that.
3: He does. So let's move on and talk about the contest. Uh, you want to wrap it up and do your thing? Yeah, we picked our winner at
0: random. It was to uh, comment on any YouTube video we have. The winner is Stone Osborne. I was actually very happy to see that he is a regular for us, and we're going to be running a competition, another contest at the end of the month that will involve you all commenting on stories at Fightful.com on the comment boards. Uh, So, hey, go ahead and get your little clickety-clack fingers warmed up. Stone Osborne has a DVD pack of his choice coming soon. I'll hit up uh, Stone Osborne, let him know which DVDs are in which packs, and uh, he'll be able to make his selection.
3: Awesome. Okay, let's move on and talk about, I guess, the topic of the week, All In. So let me say first and foremost, Roger's cable, fuck off. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> on Saturday Sir, night, on Saturday night, I was I'm unable trying to
0: curse less for the sake of your daughter on this show.
3: Okay, well she's in school, so I'm not. So uh, Roger wow. Rogers Cable, so I was not able to catch the show live on Saturday because I had like Labor Day stuff happening, family stuff. So I set the replay to record and the replay uh, was set to record at like midnight or something. I purchased it. I set it to record. Sunday morning, we finish up breakfast. I get some free time, go to the couch, going to turn on all in, did not record.
1: So uh,
3: I had no choice. I had no choice. I had to turn. As you like to say, I had to do some clickety-clackety Uh, clicks and I had to go on the internet to find all in I've seen the whole thing except for the Briscoes match I heard the finish was amazing so I want to see the Briscoes match what's good I heard that but uh, I saw everything else and uh, I want to talk about it man
0: well let me first ask Nigel the very casual viewer of wrestling Nigel how do you feel about dick druids excuse me Penis Druids. Dick Druids. Penis
4: Druids. Penis Druids. I've never heard of Penis Druids before. Well, boy, have you missed out.
3: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I want to give a few points about this. So the first one is I thought I was impressed by the production values. I did not expect for a independent promotion that they were going to have the kind of production that they had, that they are going to have the kind of set that they had. I thought it looked world class. I thought the lighting was really good. I liked how they had the stage set up. It kind of reminded me of New Japan a little bit. Uh, and I I liked all that I thought that was pretty cool Uh, that's number one number two I thought the show had something for everyone Sean this show they had the battle royal they had appearances by legends like Billy Gunn and Rey Mysterio and the run in by Jericho they had uh, sports entertainment segments like the penis druids and the Joey Ryan stuff. They had uh, the dream matches. The women's match was elite level. Uh, Omega Pentagon was a dream match, and that was pretty elite level, I thought. Uh, they had the old school feel of the NWA title match with Cody and uh, all having seconds, you know, having yeah. like, Dreamer and DDP and Jeff Jarrett and Tim Storm and all of that. <laughs> that I thought really sh-
0: paid off in the middle of the match.
3: <laughs> yeah, like it's I
0: kill some time.
3: I thought that the show had every a little bit of everything. Not everything was for me. I didn't care for the Joey Ryan stuff. I think that, that stuff's kind of stupid, uh, like the penis druids, Nigel, that he's talking about. Oh, okay. But at the same time, I don't think that they expected that every segment was going to be for everyone. I think that they offered up a little bit of everything, uh, and then some stuff maybe you're going to love, some stuff you're not going to like so much. I like just about everything. I just Like I said, I don't care for the Joey Ryan stuff, but otherwise, I thought it was all right. I thought it was it was a, a variety show to a degree. I-
0: I was surprised that so many people were surprised that there was so much sports entertainment on this show, which I mean does show you a, a lot of people assume things. You know the type of fans that I'm talking about, where they're like, uh-huh, "Indies, Indies, they're they're fucking Indies." <laughs> <laughs> this show was sold by being the elite. That's what it was. Yes, it absolutely, hundred percent success of being the elite, and literally one of the top feuds on that. Show has been to a guy who murdered another guy with because a he thought his dick was bigger. Right, like that was one of the stories.
3: Right, right.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I, I was completely fine with it. I did like that. There, there was a little bit of everything. Marty Skrulls match went went a bit over, and he denied that on Sean Mooney's podcast. I was going to bring that up. For, I was going to bring for that multiple up. Multiple people that that yep. match went over.
3: Yep. Yep. Well, another thing I liked about the show was, uh, and, and we've joked about this with WWE, especially during SummerSlam weekend in Brooklyn, uh, they knew their audience and they catered to them. Yeah. And uh, obviously, this was a smart fan audience that follows various promotions on the internet. I mean, that's obvious. They understood, the, the, they didn't feel the need to explain everything word for word because they knew they already knew. So, for example, uh, when Hangman Page, when they emptied the bag and those boots were there, They didn't feel the need to go on for 20 minutes about what the hell that meant because they knew that the viewers knew because that was the kind of fan that they were catering to. I read some critique from some people because there's going to be trolls, Sean. And I read some critique where people were like, oh, it's easier for them than WWE because WWE has to consider the casual fan base.
0: That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well,
3: here's my answer to that. My answer to that is if you look at the demographic breakdown, all right, most raw viewers today are mid-40 males, and that's a fact. And the reason that they're mid-40 males is because they were fans during the Attitude Era and they stuck around. And that's that's most of them are maybe 80s fans kind of thing. Most of their fan base is smart fans. And that's just how it is. Yeah, they're going to have a few 12-year-old kids. All In's going to have a few 12-year-old kids, too, that watch maybe the they're,
0: Maybe those are the only people with Nielsen boxes these days.
3: <laughs> maybe, maybe, but... <laughs> But, but that, that's kind of how, like, I think that most of their fan base is kind of a, a smart fan base, WWE, I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and I think that all in, they, again, knew, they, going in, they knew what the people wanted to see. They knew who the people like, who they don't like. They catered to them. It's not like WWE where they're rooting for Becky, they're rooting for Braun, they're rooting for Kevin Owens, they're rooting for Rusev. But this man doesn't want you to root for them, so he's going to book them as a heel because that's just what he wants.
0: The world has changed. People don't believe every single thing they see on TV these days, which for a lot of people in the 80s and 90s, that was some of their only real connection to a broader uh, a broader culture, a broader base, uh, different opinions, was what they saw on a TV screen. Now, right. it's, now, I mean, people punch one button on the phone and they're listening to me and you, or they're watching me and you. And that was not an option during the Hogan days when they could – force something and force something, and yeah. it's becoming so much more prevalent during the cena days, and now almost everybody has it, at least in North America, yep, yeah. so uh, I think this is a true testament of how a lot of things have changed, and I hope this continues i want I want every wrestling show selling
3: out man I want i agree i mean it 's good for us, yeah and obviously it 's good for the talent that they have employment, uh, and my next point I wanted to make, and this kind of goes in hand with the last point about knowing their audience. One thing I liked about the show, and there's other promotions that are like this too, but but this show, uh, for me, it was very obvious. They did not insult the intelligence of their viewers. And watching Raw this week, uh, and having to listen to Michael Cole again say, Alexa Bliss used the armbar, that's Ronda Rousey's move. Which he said. Listening to Corey Graves say, oh, now that Drake Maverick has the AOP, he might be the most dangerous man in all of WWE.
0: Have you ever seen, do you remember, I think it was the Shawn Michaels Survivor Series match with the Knights or whatever the hell it was. Yes. And they had that fella, I think he was like the host of Family Feud or something. Doing. Yeah, Ray special. Combs. There you go. And
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> like the big heel move of the match was in an elimination match, somebody tossing Shawn Michaels a water and drinking it. And that guy goes, what? No, water gives him strength. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: how I feel. All well, the
3: time. watching Raw this week, and again, listening to Cole say bullshit like that, listening to Queer Graves say something so ludicrous, it really drives home the fact that it All In, and other promotions too, but All In, they didn't insult the intelligence of the viewer. I know that people were sick of the one guy saying kayfabe over and over again.
0: Yeah, that was stupid.
3: And that annoyed people. But otherwise, they didn't feel the need to, number one, explain everything for 20 minutes. They didn't feel the need. When, uh, when Pentagon used Fear Factor... Or when uh, Omega used Fear Factor, they didn't go on about that's Pentagon's move. He just used Pentagon's move because yeah. they knew that they knew that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, was, I,
0: th- I can't remember the call, but it was more like giving him a taste of his own medicine, or, right? Right.
3: Or one of his own, just something
0: subtle, something yes, yes, it doesn't make you like hammer it in your face. There, I mean, and straight from the the jump, I thought this was good. MJF, it was. Probably the lowest profile guy on that card. We interviewed him here last week. 22 years old, under 10,000 Twitter followers, but the 11,000 people in that venue knew who he was. Right. And treated him like a star that he definitely is and will be. Right. That's a, that's a good sign. I like this show. I really did. Uh, it wasn't the greatest show I've ever seen, but, mm-hmm. man, I thought they everything went pretty well. I loved the women's match. That was one of my favorite <laughs> matches on the show. That was just a blast to watch. Whoever laid that out did an incredible job.
3: You know what I liked about it, too? I liked how it was just a fun, positive atmosphere. Yeah. It wasn't a situation where, because, again, you're dealing with 11,000. What was the total? 11,263. You're dealing with 11,263 smart fans predominantly. If a guy botched a spot, they weren't going to chant, you fucked up. Exactly. Exactly. Because they, were, they, were, they wanted to be there because there is demand for non-WWE wrestling because there are a lot of wrestling fans that are tired of having their intelligence assaulted and they want to watch an alternative where they're not going to be made to look like or feel like morons uh, and, and this kind of you know, fit the bill. One other thing about the show I wanted to bring up was the risks taken. On the show. And I know that some of these guys, like Omega said, this is probably the biggest show I've ever been a part of. And the Young Bucks said, this is probably the biggest thing I'm ever going to do in wrestling. I know a lot of guys had that mentality. Some of the spots on this thing, like the rite of passage off the ladder. Oh, I, yeah. I watched that thinking, are you out of your mind taking well, you that?
0: you know, that, that rite of passage. It's the subject of the first ever making a finisher on Fightful.com where you look at all all the the aspects that go into creating a finisher i love that series and i love that you guys are loving that series as well i have some really good ones in the can some of which are already up for uh tier two subscribers of fightfulselect.com but i look at that spot and the crazy thing is that's like maybe not even top five craziest thing janela's ever done
3: i mean but, the, when they landed they did kind of sh- turn sideways yeah. Uh, but when he was jumping off, I was like, "You're insane!" And then the other one that I thought was crazy was the Fear Factor on the apron. Pentagon delivered the Fear Factor on the apron, and that made me almost think of the Owen Hart Stone Cold spot, where if Pentagon, you're talking a couple inches different, Sean, yeah, on the apron, and it could have gone sideways quick. Like that's a very dangerous spot. Again, I haven't seen the Briscoe Brothers uh, match. I heard the finish was amazing.
0: I loved it. It was <laughs> they were setting up a Doomsday device on Kazarian. So Kazarian's up on one of their shoulders, and the other one's going for a clothesline. And Kazarian, for a long time, used essentially a version of, like a twisting Spanish fly. And in midair, he caught one of the briscoes and did the flux capacitor off of the other one's shoulders and got
3: the win. It was beautiful. It was it was really really good. I like. To, I got to see it. I got to see it. Uh, let's move on and talk about Mr. Chris Jericho. Yeah. So my my first question for you is. Uh, you know the whole, I will never perform for another promoter in the U.S. out of respect for Miss McMahon. Do you think a run-in counts? Yes. That counts? Yeah, it counts. Okay. Uh, so, uh, very otherwise, interesting. Otherwise,
0: why isn't he just at Long Beach or something doing something like that?
3: Well, that's what I'm saying, do you think it counts, meaning to Jericho, I haven't broken the rule? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm asking.
0: I think that's still a performance. You paint yourself up and wear Pentagon's gear, you're performing.
3: Okay, okay. So let's talk about what a, what a, what a committed guy Chris Jericho is. He gets into Chicago, because he had a FISA gig that day. Gets into Chicago on Saturday night around 5.30. He went to the Young Bucks office in the Sears Center, hit out, got into the Pentagon gear, did the run-in. I think that was semi-main, right? Did the, yes. did the did the run-in, then after that, gets on a private jet, still has the Pentagon face paint on, gets on a private jet, posts a video on social media talking about his schedule, flies to Merriam, Kansas, a place I've never heard of, but he, <laughs> he flies there because they have a Fozzie gig, gets there just in time, doesn't have time to change, doesn't have time to shower, goes out there and performs a concert with the Pentagon face paint on his face. We have a photo of it. Can you put that up, Nigel? Yep. Look at that, man. That is commitment. That is commitment.
6: Fantastic.
3: Uh, I say kudos to Chris Jericho. I'm sure that he gave Vincent Man a heads up that he was going to do that show. I'm sure he did. And uh, a side note, because uh, people are going to ask, the day of Super Showdown on October 6th, Jericho has a FISA gig in Camden, New Jersey the same day. So very unlikely that he's going to make an appearance at uh, WWE Super Showdown.
0: Yes. So... he keeps finding a way to make headlines, man. Mm-hmm. Got to respect that. I And he I, did
3: it to put over his cruise, man. How about that? He did it to put over the damn cruise. That's geez. very unique. That might be the first time in wrestling history that somebody has done a run and laid out somebody, grabbed the mic, and put over a cruise.
0: It was real good. It was real good. And I realized as soon as he stood up, I was, I was looking for tattoos. And yes. I was like, okay.
3: Yeah, but it was still good.
0: All right now, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was good. Like, now let's talk about... That's
0: really, it was, it was fantastic. It was an awesome surprise for that crowd, too. It
3: was, and I got to tell you, man, um, so Justin Roberts, you know, he's a friend of mine. He was doing the show. He did great. Uh, I thought he did a great job. I thought that his introduction of... Everybody loves his Rey Mysterio introduction. Everybody loves his Batista and his Undertaker introduction.
0: Nobody does the Undertaker better than him. I, thought, the,
3: uh, I thought his Omega intro was good, and I got to tell you, I watched Omega walk down that aisle... And I looked at him thinking to myself, if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm almost writing a blank check to that dude because that guy is a star. And, and what a coup he would be. So long as they don't fuck it up, what a coup he would be if you bring him in and you put him against some of the talent that they have on their roster in WWE. Uh, that guy is a star. And there are some things that will have to change. I know that the way that – I got some
0: had some nice sources this week. I had one person say that Vince McMahon really prefers – if John Cena and Brock Lesnar are the only two who can call it all in the ring, meaning that almost everybody else on that roster, think of the guys they have, yep. almost everybody else on that roster has to run through an agent. Really? Isn't that something? Not Orton. Almost everybody, almost everybody yeah, yeah, got to run yeah, their yeah. spots through an agent right now. And uh, that's from somebody, I'll tell you off the air, that way I don't expose them. But Interesting. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty wild, man.
3: So, I want to talk about the television ratings. Uh, For All In. For All In, for the pre-show on WGN America. Yeah. So, they were delayed because of Labor Day weekend, so they just came out today. We're doing this on September 5th, and they just came out today. Uh, The pre-show on WGN America did 196,000 viewers, and it did a uh, .08 rating in the 18-49 to demo, and that's according to Showbuzz Daily. Not great. No, actually, that's not true. That's actually very good. Well, compared
0: to other wrestling shows...
3: No, 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 no. But it, 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 fine. But if you look at WGN America, oh, that's it, fantastic. Yeah, when you We're look at, at their, wheels. you look at their prime time viewership on any night, mm-hmm. and given given that this aired at six o'clock on a Sunday, which is Saturday. not, a, I'm sorry, on a Saturday, which is not exactly you know the premier time slot that you want for a show. Yes, I think that the viewership was good. But here's my question for you. Um, I questioned if the Showbuzz Daily numbers were wrong to a degree because they listed the rating in the 18 to 49 demo, which is obviously what advertisers care about—a 0.08 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. Yeah. If you compare that to Raw on Monday night, Raw on Monday night does anywhere from a 0.7, not 0.07, 0.7 to a 1.0 in the same 18 to 49 demo. So when I hear 0.08. I question: Is that wrong, or is uh, is WGN America? Do they just skew really young or really old? I would imagine they
0: skew really young or really old.
3: So that's uh, legit. The I point haven't zero eight. I have watched
0: anything on WGN America since Cubs games in the nineties, right? And I remember, like right after that, it was Andy Griffith, right, and shit like that. So,
3: okay, my my gut tells me that WGN is going to be happy with the viewership, but if that demo rating is legit, they're not going to be happy with that.
0: I think they're happy with the number in general like you said on a Saturday but from a perspective of wrestling numbers it's 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 above Lucha Underground below impact and what ROH does weekly ROH does pretty solid uh, syndication numbers although those aren't out there Mm -hmm. I do get them from time to time estimates and uh, ROH actually does pretty good on on syndication nowhere near that like significantly higher than all in but you also have you have a lot more. I don't know. I, it's hard to really quantify that because they also run those online as well. ROH posts it because they have the ability to do They don't mm-hmm. have to wait a month to post their TV mm-hmm. because the people that own them are the broadcasters. Right. So it's, right. it's really hard to quantify that. But if this were a regular show, I'm sure it would have done a lot more.
3: Yeah. I mean, you mean, if it, you mean if it was like a weekly show? Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, if it was like a weekly show, I'm sure it would do a lot more.
3: Yeah, it might. I mean, I, st- I still think they're happy with the viewership, but disappointed with the demo. That's just my, my gut. Let's move on. You already touched upon this. Marty Skrull, is he telling the truth?
0: I've heard and <laughs> from people not just at All In. People in WWE were telling me that they had heard he went over.
3: Okay, so he was on Sean Mooney's podcast afterwards. He claimed that the rumors that he went 14 minutes over are not true. He can go 14 minutes
0: over. I heard closer to like uh, 10.
3: Okay, so what he said he heard was that he was allotted 12 to 14 minutes and that he said he heard that they went 14 minutes over. And uh, here's a quote from him. This is in the Sean Mooney podcast. He said, you're suggesting that they booked a semi-main with months and months of build to have a 12-minute match? It's funny these ideas people get in their heads and the stuff you read in the dirt sheets. So he didn't say what the allotted time was, but he alleges that it was going to be a lot more than the 12 minutes that are rumored. Oh,
0: it was, but, okay, let's break that down. I like Marty Skrull. I think he's a fantastic worker. We've had the pleasure of interviewing him at (laughs) Fightful.com. semi-main, okay, like almost everything on that show was a semi-main. I was going to
3: say because it was like third down, wasn't it, or fourth down even?
0: Yeah, the Young Bucks, I believe, even said that match went over. I'm pretty sure they said it went over, so it's not a secret. I could be wrong. Okay. Because I was I was hearing this stuff from people backstage, and even people in WWE had heard this with connections to the story. Uh, months and months of build? All right, hold, yeah. on now. <laughs> hold on now. It was Marty Scurll asking former heavyweight champions if he stood a chance in them saying, you're fucked, and it was great. It's all it needed to be because Marty Scurll is so good and Okada is so good. Yeah. That's what you needed to be. I thought personally... From an interest perspective, the match went way long. I thought that it didn't need to be; definitely didn't need to be twenty six minutes because
3: it wasn't supposed to be.
0: Yeah, there you yeah, go. And yeah. they cut away immediately. They do these rushed entrances. No, nope, they the wrestlers didn't get solo entrances for right. the last one. Right. You can see them rushing through. Right. Phoenix. I I'm not. I don't have this confirmed, but I'm pretty sure Phoenix blew the last pin spot. I think the essentially the fireworks ending of their version of more bang for your buck where mm. kota ibushi gets involved i think that was supposed to be the finish
6: mm. but
0: phoenix broke it up <laughs> and this is me speculating but i think matt jackson was like fuck it Meltzer driver now do right. it right and nick had to jump up there springboard do a front flip spike pile driver right that's wild you know you know what they also had to do jimmy <laughs> they also had to speak to fightful.com just ahead of the show take a listen take a look
2: I'm wondering, Is there any corporate effort to control the content on being the elite? Does Ring of Honor or New Japan try to? They try, <laughs> yeah, they try. <laughs> and they they
6: know they tried and the,
5: they at failed. <laughs> at, at this point, yeah. At this point, they can't control us with what we want to do.
4: Uh, One thing New Japan's strict about is they can't we can't use right. the N Ring stuff because it's yeah. TV Asahi owns it. So uh, so we don't even we do stay that away from anymore.
5: that. Sure. We we get heat from from New Japan a lot for things that are so stupid and silly but the Japanese culture is so uh, like uh, old fashioned traditional so and traditional that we don't even realize we're offending someone so we have to look at it and like oh man I'm sorry we didn't realize as far it. as Ring of Honor goes I, oh they, yeah they've been great they're totally great yeah. they, they don't care they let us do whatever we want
4: they let us, they let us shoot the in ring stuff like yep. we close shows with the with the phone in the ring they've, and they've never held back and they, they're great about they've that they've helped yeah a big time with it so. for the most part we literally just shoot and do whatever we want yeah that's probably why the shows Done so well. Yeah.
2: So, as it relates to stories that are canon, so it doesn't really matter. You guys can kind of steer those stories. Yep. Either, Especially with Ring of Honor. So, yeah. either we,
4: we steer the stories or we create the stories and then they, yeah. they go along with the stories now at this yeah. point. Uh, so, it's fun because now we get to be creative and we get to come up with our own storylines.
5: Especially with New Japan because mm. that was something we didn't have control over for a long time yeah. until we uh, hit a home run on like a big angle and then they're like, oh, wow, these guys might be smart about these angles and uh so they not, let
4: they pretty much let us now write, it, write the stories on the show yeah and then we write the stories on exactly, our own show to supplement yeah. the stories yep.
5: so
2: fantastic um so is you're dealing with with the flu right now
5: yeah yeah
2: uh, was there any concern that that could sideline you i thought, I thought there was no way I, No,
5: i thought for sure in. i wouldn't be here today yeah. the way i i asked matt I, I was on the airplane yeah. uh what two days ago and I was shaking uncontrollably for twelve hours. I was like, "Something's wrong with we had me. A long travel <laughs> was, this day. is not just a flu. I, I've never, uh, I've never been so sick in my life. It was yeah, terrible." Yeah, he looked bad. As soon as I got some meds in me, right away, I felt a lot, lot better. So. He's gonna be like Michael Jordan during that. What was it? The port? Was it against Portland? Yeah, <laughs> the no blue Utah game. or Utah. Yeah, uh, you, you, I thought it was against Utah game six. Really? Yeah. Man, I thought I knew my or game my, five. I'm in Chicago. I should be embarrassed. Game five on okay. the road. I know because I I just watched the game. Oh, I'm
4: thinking of the game where he went like this. He's like, what the
5: heck? Because he kept making all those baskets. Yeah, that was Blazers. That was Blazers, okay. (laughs)
2: Um, So, you know, there's there's been some talks from WWE wrestlers out there saying that for for that company signing you two is a quote-unquote priority. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts or comments on that at this point?
6: Contract season's here, right? Uh, Yeah. um, Yeah.
5: I think think everyone wants to sign us right now, which is a good problem to have. Uh, It just shows that... The interest is high, so that, it's great for us. You I know, don't know uh, if it's been 20 years since there's been wrestlers
4: that have had the leverage that we currently have, and we realize that. We're very aware of where we're at right now, the position that we have. So uh, next year will be the year that we get paid, no matter where we end up wrestling. We it got back.
0: dark in here during that clip.
4: Look at, look at this.
0: You have a storm coming or something?
3: Listen to this, Jimmy.
0: So I've been to Toronto before. I didn't know you all had like a complete underground city that you all go into into the winter.
3: Yeah, it's called the subway.
0: <laughs> I mean, the path and all that stuff. I don't know anything about the subway.
3: Uh huh. That's because you kept on expensing Ubers. That's true. <laughs> that's, damn, that's damn true. Let's move on and talk about WWTV I, this week. So let me tell you something, man. My gut tells me that WWE, and I know you've already kind of insinuated this, I think WWE... Uh, is aware of the success of All In, and I I think that the success of All In lit a fire under WWE, kind of gave him a shot in the arm, and I felt like uh, TV this week, they attempted to make improvements, I think almost in response to the success of All In. Yeah, they had a lot of
0: superstars in action, Jimmy.
3: Well, they had, yeah, (laughs) I know. But uh, I felt like they tried to make improvements, so they like, had a lot of progression with the Shield thing, and they did the AOP thing, and you think that they might have pivoted with Becky and Charlotte, and you know they did all this stuff. The problem was, because creative has not been great, they didn't necessarily hit home runs every time. That was yeah. the problem with, with, with TV this week. So we already touched upon these on social media. Let's touch upon them quick, because I want to hear Nigel's reaction. So the Shield, Nigel. Yeah. They start out raw, the bad guys are in the ring, we'll get to Braun Strowman in a minute, Sean, the bad guys are in the ring, they hit the Shield's music, and they cue the Shield's video, Titantron. That means the director knows they're coming, right?
6: Yeah. yeah, yeah. They
3: come out through the crowd, they go in the ring, they have a little schmoz in the ring, they inexplicably get arrested. Even though they hit their music and they hit their video, they get arrested. This is Labor Day Monday night, Nigel. Labor Day, Monday night, okay? So they get arrested. There's a reporter on the scene from WWE that's reporting back, you know, during the show, who reported, okay, 10 p.m., The Shield just appeared before a judge. 10 p.m., Labor Day, Monday night. The <laughs> Shield just appeared before a judge. They've posted bail, and they're out. Okay, sounds good. So Labor Day, Monday, uh, they got a judge to show up. Of course. So that they could appear before him, sure and they and about. they posted bail. Then they stole the policeman to go back to the arena. <laughs> I
0: tweeted that I thought their white privilege got them out and people took it serious. They thought, uh, <laughs> I was like, come on. Because one's
3: Hispanic, one's Samoan. <laughs>
0: one's Samoan. There you go. And Corey Graves posted that David Otunga called in a favor. I was like, they could have said that on the air. <laughs> you know
3: what it felt to me? It felt to me like they wanted to do something, you know, with some gutspa. You know, they wanted to do something to, to, to make, a, make a statement, but they didn't know how they were going to get from A to B. They knew that they wanted him to do a schmaz, They wanted to do the police yeah. thing. They wanted to do the police van for that visual. They didn't know how they were going to get from A to B. And so somebody decided, well, I don't know. How about they get arrested? But then the judge, like, they see them, and then they post bail. Okay, cool. Labor Day Monday 10 p.m. Makes that makes sense. sense.
5: makes
1: perfect yeah, sense. that makes
3: sense. And that's kind of the problem is that they know they want to go to A from A to B, but they don't know how to get there. And then when they fill in the blanks, it doesn't make any sense. The other issue that people have been joking about uh, was Drake Maverick. So Nigel, this tag team called the Authors of Pain. How big should, are they, Sean? You should have
0: posted the picture. What is it now? Oh damn it!
3: I should have posted the picture, but I didn't, so it's too late. The Authors of Pain. What are they? Six three, six four, Sean?
0: They're big boys. Uh, Maybe six five. Let me Maybe. let me look
3: at it. They're they're real. Big. They're big guys. They might be I six mean, five. Drake Maverick is probably five six. six. three and six four. And Drake Maverick's like five six. Each oh. one of
0: them two two eighty. One's 290, one's 330.
3: Right. Right.
4: Yeah, I can see these guys now.
3: OK, do a quick search. AOP Drake Maverick. And maybe you can grab a photo, and put it up. So anyway, long story short. Now again, WWE Sean props to WWE. They recognized the AOP needed something, right? No, I'm they did. At
0: this picture, I know. 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 And but the tweet Drake Maverick put out. I don't know if you saw it.
3: No, I haven't. But they they recognized that the AOP needs something, so they got them a manager. That was the positive. They got them a manager. The negative was they're a heel tag team. They chose a manager who's the babyface GM on 205 Live. <laughs>
4: He saw it, didn't he? Yeah.
3: Are you going to put it up? I, yeah, I'm saving it now.
4: Okay, I can, Nigel, I this, put it up. I didn't think this could possibly be the guy. This is real. So I went through like 15 different
3: photos. Oh, no, this is the guy. This is the guy. So they put him with them, and then for whatever inexplicable reason, so, so Nigel, when he's on 205 Live, he wears suits all the time. And he looks good in that, right, Sean? He looks good in the suits. Yeah. They put he's him with a, d-
0: a fantastic performer. There
3: you go. They put him with the AOP as a heel when he's a babyface GM. I, I guess I can let that go. But they put him in the AOP gear. He looks like a child that's <laughs> trick-or-treating for Halloween time. <laughs> that's he what he looked like. Uh, he
0: tweeted out this morning his solo picture and said, anybody that has tweeted anything saying that I don't look good in this outfit okay. doesn't have any
3: idea what they're talking about. There's Drake Maverick on 205 Live. That's how Drake Maverick typically looks on 205 Live little sharp little suit. Do you have the one with the AOP Nigel? Uh
4: oh, okay.
3: That's the one I wanted. <laughs> That's the one Sorry, I wanted. Sorry I
4: didn't realize that.
3: Okay. <laughs> Hold on. So, he's he'll get it in a minute. So, once again, Sean, kind of like with the shield thing, they knew that they wanted to give the AOP somebody cuz they probably finally like maybe read the, you know, internet fan comments and stuff they knew that they wanted to give aop someone my gut tells me when they decided to give drake maverick the shot they were filling in the blanks as they went along and somebody <laughs> thought it'd be really cool to put him in the same gear as them not realizing he looks 11
0: i mean the when thing he stands is, next to them had to think about this. okay that's
3: not even the worst photo that's not <laughs> even you could have gotten a lot worse than that there's a there's a photo where they look like they're eight feet taller than him on both sides They look
0: pretty big. Yeah,
3: and and, and he literally looks like an 11-year-old getting ready to get his pumpkin basket.
0: They had to think about this because they had the Maverick thing made. Yeah,
3: they could have spun that out in a day.
0: I mean, sure, but, I mean, they had to think about it is the thing. They had Mm -hmm. to send that to somebody and say, let's get this made. And you just know that Julie or whoever the hell it is that's sewing that up is going, this is a bad
3: thing. (laughs) I bet you, I bet you that the size of his gear is like extra small, I, like men's extra small.
0: I would love to interview like a WWE seamstress. That's an interview I'm going to go after. Somebody who makes gear.
3: I think Sasha like, Banks' husband does, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm getting an interview. With well, him. Yeah, he's, maybe he's not. He's tied to WWE's on their programming a lot. They're yeah. Up on that.
3: Oh, really? Okay, 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 okay.
0: But uh, anyway, because uh, stories like this, I can't wait till the story about this emerges.
3: It was a very odd pairing. Very odd. And again, he's a good talker and everything. And I think it was Alex on the, the post Pod that said, well, now if they show up on 205 Live, like, guarding his door and stuff, that makes sense. It's continuity. Yeah. They could even inject them into 205 storylines as kind of like his, his brawn. Yeah. Not Braun Strowman, you know, as his muscle. Them, they
0: keep everybody in line.
3: Yeah, so that could be good. But now that means, what, is he going to be a heel GM now?
0: I hope not. So they're
3: gonna you have don't to figure need all more that than out. One of
0: those. don't need more than one of those. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've always been a proponent of Stokely getting that spot. I think he's the right spot. He's because Rockstar Spud's a guy who re- wrestled and wrestled very good. He could right. still wrestle very well.
3: He right. Very right. well. Right.
0: And has another gig. And I know that Vince wanted him to pull double duty because he's like, who do we have? Okay. And
3: he's a good talker. He's a good talker.
0: Fantastic. But talker. he
3: he looks very. I mean, next week they got to throw just put him in a black suit.
0: I said last Get him last that stupid that, gear. You know You know that Kurt Angle's got to be like just jumping for joy. He's like, finally, somebody else wearing that dumbass gear. Right. And now the memes won't be about me anymore. Right,
3: right. So let's talk about Braun Strowman. So last week when he did the little supposed heel turn, because some people said it wasn't a heel turn. But when he did that, I told you on this podcast that I wanted to wait. I wanted to hear his explanation on Raw this week before we kind of passed judgment. So we, we heard his explanation. To his credit, his explanation made sense. It did, because he said that he knew that the universal title was his, but with Roman's friends involved, it would never be, so he had to go about things differently, and he had to get his own pack, and that's how he explained it, and that makes valid sense, because again, three on one, you know, what are you going to do? The problem I had on this is that he shit on the crowd in the process.
0: Exactly, and, they and went
3: right to it. They went right to it, and he did the. they did the same thing with Becky Lynch, when, again, Becky Lynch had all the reason in the world to jump Charlotte, but then they had her shit on the crowd the next week, which she hasn't done since, and we'll get to that later, but they had her do it. They did the same thing with Braun. They had him shit on the crowd. The problem I have with that is that they have now taken, arguably, Raw's hottest baby face, and instead of just going the course with the story of, it's three-on-one, I have to have backup, it's three-on-one, they went full-bore, with uh, you people suck, uh, and they've killed their hottest baby face, and they did it essentially uh, as a sacrifice to try to get Roman Reigns over. And I've got a problem with that. I like the idea of a Bizarro shield stable. I think it's a good idea, but I think that the players could have been different. And, and as a matter of fact, since the shield came from developmental, why not have a Bizarro shield that came from developmental? Why didn't got they pick guys
0: that just like him that we talked about in our last segment? Well,
3: they could have done that. They could have done that, I guess. But then, then they, you know, long term, they probably would have wanted to keep the AOP together long term as a team. Well,
0: sure, but I mean, how do you make the the shield look like underdogs? Well, Braun and those two big sons of bitches will get. It's it true.
3: It's true. But they could have almost gone with anybody. I mean, they they could have put. Now they're doing stuff with uh, Almas, so now I guess it's okay. But otherwise, it could have been.
0: Vince likes Almas a lot, but at,
3: at first he was he was treading water.
0: Oh yeah, that that was right? the, that was the thing that I was told. In the same conversation, right? Is that Vince likes Almas, and he'll like a lot of those people enough to where he'll look at them and say, "I want them up here," but then won't trust them when they get to the main roster until they prove themselves almost on accident. Right. Well, not not on accident from them, but on accident to him. Right. Like they put them in a spot that he doesn't think twice about, but then they thrive in, like Almas has at virtually everything. He and AOP couldn't get on TV for the first two months.
3: Yep, yep. I think Drew is a great choice. Drew McIntyre, yes. he's a great choice. I'm not big on Dolph Ziggler in there. I mean, yeah, he's the veteran and he's good in the ring, but I think that he was. I think fans were programmed for so long to look at him as mid card talent that having him now as your top, in, in your top heel faction, I, it's a little bit hard to accept. Uh, but again, All, I think that. It's also
0: hard to accept that he didn't want the United States title he tossed it down vacated it
3: mm-hmm.
0: because he was destined for better things like the Intercontinental title and the tag team and title.
3: now the Raw tag team title yes. right yeah so that that's kind of whatever I guess the good news if there is good news is that if they do it right they can rehabilitate Braun down the road uh, and I kept on thinking
1: About Batista when he split from Evolution,
3: uh, and he heard Triple H talking behind his back, you know, and then and and all that. If they do it smartly down the road, they can rehabilitate Braun and put him back to where he should be. But I really feel like they've gone backwards with him uh, by having him not only have those guys with him but heal on the crowd. I think it's a mistake.
0: Yeah, they they spent so much time building the Roman lesnar thing that they didn't have another major heel ready and can you go to kevin owens i mean he's the safe bet but
3: no you can't you
0: kind of you kind of went to that well an awful lot you need to scale it back and have him do some other stuff and
3: the problem is kevin owens wasn't even competitive against Braun. yeah like how are you ever going to buy him with roman now you're not yeah you know so all right let's go to three people
5: This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong.
3: All right. Thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the stupid song. And once again, Sean, once a month, I'd like to explain why do we have a Stupid People News segment. It like you do every week. Uh, no, I've been doing it the first week of every new month. That's what I've been doing. I
0: figured the pattern. It just, time flies, you know. It
3: time flies, yeah. So uh, the reason we do this, this used to be called WWE's excessive usage of stupid nicknames. We would talk about how many times they say the Big Dog and the Architect and the Monster Among Men and all that nonsense. It became redundant because WWE things actually got worse instead of better. So we decided to shift the segment. Now it's about stupid people news. has nothing to do with pro wrestling. We don't care because it's funny. And we're going to keep doing it. So this first one... And I got to tell you, Sean, I have two SRS file stories this week. All right? Two. Wow,
0: well, my birthday was last week, Jimmy.
3: Oh, well, maybe I should play the video again for people.
0: <laughs> I don't want to cry on the air, Jimmy.
3: <laughs> again, but we have two SRS files. I'm going to do one for FIFO Select uh, for uh, Super People Extended, Ooh. and the other one we're going to do now. This first one is sent in by Belfast guy at Declan MCG06, and it was reported by the Daily Mail on September 3rd. So there's a fish store in Kuwait. You might have seen this on Twitter when he sent it to me. There's a fish store in Kuwait, and they got shut down by police. Uh, you might already know the story. Do you know why the police shut them down? Okay, good. No. The police shut them down because the owners of the store were caught sticking googly eyes on the fish to make them look fresher. Now I just put that picture up. There's the googly oh. eye on the left side. And you see on the right side, it slid off, and it revealed a yellow eye underneath, which indicates that the fish is not that fresh. Uh, This led to one of his competitors in Kuwait. I'm sure there's a lot of fish stores in Kuwait. This led to one of his competitors putting in an ad announcing that it was selling, quote, fish without cosmetics alongside a picture of a fish with different colored contact lenses. put that one up, Nigel. There's the ad that a competitor put up after that store put contact lenses on its fish. So there you go. Isn't that I something? mean, there, there probably
0: are a lot of fish With, in
3: with contact there. lenses? Oh, 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 I mean, I mean there are <laughs> by the
0: Persian Gulf, so, I mean, there's a lot of water there, but...
3: Fine. A lot of yellow I, eyes I, on those I fish. I
0: must admit, I keep a pack of googly eyes in my car at all times.
3: In case you need to put something on a fish?
0: <laughs> in case I need to put them on anything. Now, the thing is, I bought them about two years ago, and I've not needed them for anything, but what if
4: I eventually do? Like what? I don't
3: know. Nigel's nodding. You actually agree with him?
4: No, not at all. <laughs> I just kind of, I want to see him. I want to see him. And I, I expect
0: mean, you to... never, maybe I want to freak Kara out, and I just want to cover something in googly eyes one day. I don't have to go to Walmart.
3: Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> so, uh, this next one was reported by WFTV9 out of Orlando, Florida on August 31st. This is good, too. So, police in Ocala, Florida, Sean. They were investigating four drug overdoses. Yeah? And it led them to a mobile home. uh, And they were able to figure out pretty quickly that heroin was being sold at that mobile home. Any idea how they were able to find find out so quickly that heroin was being sold? Where was this again? Uh, Ocala, Florida.
0: Hmm. Well, it is Florida. How were they able to tell?
3: They had a walk-up window. Nigel, put up that photo.
4: Which one? The one of the mobile home? The mobile home. Yeah.
3: So that's a shot of the the mobile home from, like, afar. Put up the one uh, with the walk-up window. That's actually what they had.
0: come on.
3: Yes. They actually have an open for business sign on the mobile home to sell heroin. It uh, indicates whether they're open or closed. It indicates the hour of operation. They also had signs directing cars where to park. Do you have that one, Nigel?
4: I uh, didn't no, get that one? No, I didn't see that one.
3: Okay, don't worry about it. They had another sign with an arrow directing cars where to park. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? They had a, they had a walk-up window in a mobile home to sell heroin. Uh, I
0: can't believe it. Really? Oh, yeah. Savvy.
3: <laughs> well, it was savvy enough that William Parrish Jr. and Mackenzie Dobbs were arrested on multiple charges, including drug possession, selling drugs, and keeping or maintaining a dwelling used to keep or sell drugs. So kudos to them
0: sean ross savvy what can i say
3: okay so this last one this is for the srs file
0: like a fly right now give me give me (laughs) (laughs) what did i tell you last
3: week what did i tell you last week has become a new good source for me
0: uh china and india or or the the it's not the daily mail is it
3: the british medical journal
0: Oh, there you go.
3: And this was reported by the British Medical Journal on September 1st. Now, in the past, I have told you stories about people that got stuff stuck in certain places on their body. Hell yeah. And sometimes they need surgery. Sometimes they're able to just go up there and pull that on out. Other times, uh, more interesting things occur. Uh, And this is one of those stories. There was a 31-year-old man in Italy this time, not China, not India. He was in Italy and uh, he needed help removing a 24-inch dildo, a two-foot dildo. Why
0: did they even make them that big? <laughs> what could you use that for? Oh, I think we know. I what think we was know. It was, was
3: it was lodged deep in his colon. And just like oh. other stories we've told in the past, he waited 24 hours before seeking medical attention.
2: <laughs>
3: Wait, <laughs> hold on. <laughs>
0: Let's let's pause. Okay, first off, a couple questions. Yep. How much of it was lodged up there? Because you ain't getting the whole thing
3: up there. All they said is it was deep in his colon. That's all they said.
0: <laughs> that that leaves a lot of room for the imagination. Because to me, one or two inches of it is deep in your colon. Well, for we, this guy, maybe it, he's a seasoned vet of the, of the 24-inch dildo taken game.
3: You know how this gets better? Uh, This gets better because it resulted in medical science coming up with a new invention. What is it? So the doctors tried conventional techniques to get it out. And they were unsuccessful. The thing was in deep, man. It was in deep. So the conventional techniques weren't working. So what they ended up doing was they improvised. They created a makeshift noose. Oh, no. Around the head. They were able to loop it around the dildo. They were able to cinch it tight, and they were able to yank that sucker out. Now, because this is the British Medical Journal, and they use all these nice little medical terms, they didn't refer to it as a dildo. They referred to it as an FB, which stands for foreign body, but they had a photo that made it clear it was a dildo, and uh, they called the technique, their little noose technique, quote, a valid option to remove large FBs from the colon and rectum.
0: Holy shit. First off, okay. 24
3: hours. Yeah. With a two-foot dildo in his colon, man.
5: That's.
0: I'm trying to process all this because this is a real good one. This yeah. is this is one of the tops. It's this good. is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard in my entire life.
3: Yeah, and it's real. I, I could have posted a photo. I chose not to do it.
0: I'm, I'm sitting here two feet from where my ass is. Your head
3: would be touching the top of the screen on your side.
0: It's like up here.
3: It's pretty high up.
0: Oh, my God. God!
3: Maybe he was really itchy and he had no other way to get to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that seems to be the trend. Okay, so he waits a day.
3: Yeah, he waited a day.
0: I know you're not into that type of thing, Jimmy. How long would you wait? Weighing all the options, it's embarrassing.
3: Okay, first off, I would never put a two-foot dildo up my ass or whatever the hell he did.
0: And how are these people allowed to talk about it? Doesn't that violate, like, HIPAA?
3: No, because this is the British Medical Journal. They don't mention names. Okay. Right? No names are mentioned. All they do is say the guy's age and place of origin, and that's it. Oh,
0: my God, man.
3: I'm telling you, this has become a, a, a massive resource for me, this British <laughs> Medical Journal. This stuff is good.
0: Oh, my God. They got to turn into friggin' Woody from Toy Story and lasso the goddamn thing out of a guy's ass. That is unbelievable.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Uh, now, before the break, we were talking about The Shield and about how they found a judge on Labor Day night and stuff. Uh, WWE posted this on what Instagram. It's believable
0: than a man shoving a two-foot dildo up his ass.
3: Yes, yes, it's true. WWE this week, they posted this on Instagram. Nigel, you got that? Yes, I do. Look at this beauty, Sean. This is this was what they posted, and they call it the 10 best factions of all time. Now, you want to talk about bias you want to talk about favoritism, you want to talk about marketing spin, they actually had the gall to list The Shield as the number one wrestling faction of all time, ahead of the NWO, ahead of D-Generation X, ahead of the Hart Foundation, ahead of the Four Horsemen. It's one thing to want to get over your current talent, and I get that, but as I talked about at the top of the show with All In, it's another thing to not insult the intelligence of your fans. Nobody is buying this shit, Sean. I don't even know if, like, Roman Reigns' biggest fan is going to buy that shit. What did you think when you saw that list?
0: I'll tell you what I thought. That's what they wanted. That's why we reposted it. That's why Andrew even said to me in our group chat, Hey, it's largely inconsequential, but maybe it'll do traffic. People will care about it. Let's write about it.
3: Even though, okay. even though it's insulting to like long-time fans that know better? Sure.
0: But, I mean, ultimately, it's a subjective opinion.
3: And so. that is true. It is subjective. It is subjective. All right. I mean, okay, let me ask you this question. W- give me your top five My fashions. top five?
0: Yeah. Uh, NWWE. Just WWE. No,
3: everything like they had. Everything. Yeah, because that was not just WWE. That was, it, I think, everything.
0: I can't, like, rank them off the top of my head, but okay. NWO, DX, The Horseman... I would put the shield in there, depending on how their their future run can go. Uh, throw that back up there, Nigel. Sure. If, if, if you're able.
4: Yeah, no, one second, I can do that.
0: Because it's hard to, to pop these off the top of my head. Yeah, I agree with uh, four of their first ones. Oh, man, see, the thing is, I would say Heart Foundation, but they didn't last very long. It was, it, like, the course of a few months. Yeah. I, I would say them but I, I might have to go Evolution.
3: Okay, so I actually put NWO number one mm-hmm. because the NWO is the reason for the Monday Night Wars. They're the reason for the wave of popularity in the 90s in pro wrestling. Yeah. So NWO number one, DX number two, they were revolutionary at the time. Number three, the Horsemen, because the Horsemen were amazing and there were so many different uh, versions of them. Number four, I put the Heart Foundation because they had the unique... Canada babyface, U.S. heel thing, which has never been done before. Plus, they held multiple titles at the same time. Yeah. Brett was the world champion. Owen was the IC champion or the European champion. Owen and Davy Boy were the tag team champions. Uh, so I put them number four, and I put the Shield number five.
0: If the New Day gets any semblance of, like, upper card singles runs, they, they could introduce themselves into the conversation, in my estimation. Oh, they could.
3: They could, but to have them currently three spots ahead of the Freebirds, it's embarrassing.
0: Yeah, to me, number five comes down to either Evolution or Heart Foundation. All right, there you go. Nexus, man, Nexus, come on.
3: I know. I know, man. I mean, they
0: had a great debut. Alex Anderson, one of our uh, Fightful Champion level subscribers, at that level, you can pick a match for me to do alternate commentary on. You can pick a show for me to retro review. You can be on a show with me. One of those, and he had kind of saved his up, and he's going to do a retro review with me for the night that Nexus debuted, and that was like the only good thing on that show. And I looked at that, and I was like, "Wow, everybody in that segment has left as an active performer mm-hmm. at some point, except for like Cena and Heat Slater.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that,
0: that's really it. Yep, and they they could have been so great. They that was a ten out of ten segment." But man, that, that was just trash. I went downhill
3: after that. After that. Yep. Uh, let's move on. I want to give uh, Nigel some good news.
4: Oh, yeah. What's that?
0: It's
3: good news for you. Okay. If you ever need training partners, okay, if you ever need advice outside right. the ring about things like running companies, if you ever need advice about writing a book, <laughs> you, need, you don't have to go any further than the Bella Twins.
4: Oh, is that right?
3: The Bella Twins will give you all the guidance you need about running companies or writing a book.
4: Well, that's, that's a load off my mind. <laughs>
3: <sorry>. <laughs> Sean, what did you think? And what, what's best about that is that that was not supposed to be comedy. That was supposed to be like a genuine moment. What did you think about Nikki Bella telling the Olympic medalist in judo, Ronda Rousey, uh, who has already written a book uh, yeah. and, and, and who has probably accomplished more than they ever will to this point in time? How did you feel having Nikki Bella tell Ronda Rousey, yeah, if you need help training, if you need help running companies, writing a book, come to us. How would you feel about that?
0: Man, like like an hour after Brie Bella screwed up over and over again in that match, too. Ooh, Like, I get what they're trying to develop some interest in this because nobody has any, and that's what they do. They promote matches. I don't give a shit about the bellas and Ronda Rousey.
3: I thought I, that I don't care about Ronda Rousey. I thought Alex made a very good point on the Post Raw podcast on Monday. What's he that? he said that Evolution, the Evolution pay-per-view is supposed to celebrate that female talent has evolved away from the Bella's era. And I thought that that was a very valid point that he made, valid point. Now, granted as as you guys talked about, Nikki Bella has worked really hard. I don't want to shit on her effort. She's worked really hard. you got to remember, she was one of the catalog models that John Laurinaitis went after, and they put her on uh, the Diva Search or whatever, right? Yes. She was one of those catalog models. Most of them never went anywhere because they were catalog models.
0: Well, I think she adapted because she had to, not because she...
3: Maybe, but she did, though. Yes, right? did. And And when you look at that era, aside from the Bellas and Alicia Fox, who else from that era, from the catalog model era, went anywhere? You know what I mean?
0: Nowhere, and in... Caitlin's back. She's, she's making an effort. So, yeah, but I don't
3: think she, I don't think was she a catalog girl too?
0: She debuted on the roster with like four matches under
3: her belt. Okay, okay, but anyway, I again I thought Alex made a valid point when he said that you know they've evolved from that catalog girl era. Uh, not that I again want to label Nikki Bella as a catalog girl because she has worked hard. But she's never going to be, with all due respect to her, she's never going to be in the ring what Natalia, what Ember Moon, what Naomi, what Charlotte, what Becky, what Sasha, Bailey. She's never going to be those girls. And that's just a fact. She's just not going to be. For, but there, Nikki
0: Bella, I think she had a lot of potential. Sorry to interrupt.
3: Yeah. The neck
0: injury just, man, it's an unfortunate that happened because she got good. Yeah, but she, I, she straight up got good. I
3: also think, though, that she wants to be an actress— uh, and she wants to be a mainstream celebrity and doesn't want to be a wrestler, right? Yeah, I believe so that too. that's kind of the difference.
5: Uh, there was
0: there was a big, that really stood out to me a couple of years ago, there was this Total Bellas graphic, this video they did, where it showed like Total Divas, and it showed Brie running from one side and Nikki running from the other, and you could see the difference in their physical transformations,
2: mm-hmm. how
0: thin Brie was mm-hmm. and how much muscle Nikki had added, and that mm-hmm. said a lot to me. And Brees last match, that WrestleMania kickoff match, I thought that was a blast. It was Mm -hmm. like team total against just some of the women in WWE. I thought that was a fun match. And I had somebody saying, like, people are allowed to mess up. They're allowed to have ring rust. They are. But you work off of TV to get rid of that. I mean, it's... One match a week ago was not enough to get rid of that.
3: You're right. I mean, I guess in her defense, she's got a kid, and and you know they they are promoting the Bellas because of Evolution now, and and Bree's got other shit going on in her life. But whatever, it is what it is. I want to well, move no, on.
0: Well, before we before we do, I've noticed over the last few weeks, especially. I mean, you got Lana wrestling more. You got Zelina wrestling more. You got the Bellas wrestling more. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more of the Divas style era, Divas era style wrestlers performing because it. of evolution probably because of evolution but yeah. like mickey james versus lita come on man I know. Lita I know. wasn't that great towards the end of her run
3: i know i know uh, okay i, w- I was going to talk about that maybe we'll talk about that now i was going to talk about that later we'll talk about evolution so they as you mentioned they've, they've announced lita versus mickey james there's also rumors so naomi has challenged melina online to a match naya Jax has challenged beth phoenix there's still the rumors that persist about Ronda Rousey, Nikki Bella, and Maurice Brie Bella. When you look at the pattern, and we've talked about this before, when you look at the pattern, it's clear that the plan seems to be previous era stars versus current era stars. Uh, and I don't know if I'm feeling that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling that either. These are
0: real bad matchups. They're, they're picking mirror matches, essentially. Right. They're picking powerhouses and... Uh, a couple girls who are flexible. Okay, there's way better matchups for Naomi that can highlight her. Right. There are way well, not better. The, I mean,
3: they haven't announced it. In all fairness, they haven't announced sure. Melina Naomi. But she's just come out and said that's who she wants.
0: There are way better matchups for Nia Jax. You know, like the Hulk Hogan versus Andre Giant, the Giant matchup of Tamina versus Nia. You remember that? Vaguely. When Tamina posted the picture, it was like, the Rock and
3: Hogan. Yes, yes, Andre, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But she was kidding though, right? No Come on. No That was for fun she did she, that. Serious, no, God. come on. She, she believed that was for it. fun. There's no way. She, she would have been better off having a picture of like Piper hitting Snooker with the coconut Ugh, and drawing right. a comparison. You know? Okay, let's move on, Sean. It is time to talk about the biggest news of the week. It's time to talk about it, man. So back on the February 14th edition of the Listen Your Boy podcast, way back on the February 14th edition, we aired this little video. Nigel, go ahead and throw that up. Last week on the Listen Your Boy. Let's talk about Mixed Match Challenge. So uh, I want to ask you this. So now it's like, what, three weeks in, I think? Yeah,
6: three or you, four weeks.
3: You hated the concept. You shit all I over did, the I didn't hate the yes, concept. Yes, you did.
0: mixed match madness is a dumbass idea
3: yes you did yes you did yes you did you said it's trash you said it's trash and i don't care the first tag team that's going to be in the mixed match challenge braun Strowman and alexa bliss what do you think of that pairing who gives a shit yeah who gives a
0: shit i said i don't care and i don't care I don't give one shit about this. And if you all do, more power to you. said <laughs> I
3: shit all over it. WWE is in talks with Facebook uh, about producing a weekly show on a test run on Facebook Live, which is Facebook's streaming service. Um, they're also looking at potentially doing a co-branded show featuring mixed tag team matches, and they trademark the, uh, the term WWE Mixed Match Challenge, which could be for that show. Dumb because... Idea.
0: Mixed-match madness is a dumbass idea. Okay, so you mean like, yeah,
5: there. well, there's...
0: Yeesh.
3: <laughs> so that was from season one of Mixed-match madness, as Sean liked to call it. They announced this week, and it kind of came out of nowhere, Sean, because I don't remember hearing rumors about it, and there was was speculation if they were going to do it again. WWE announced this week that there's going to be a Season 2 of Mixed Match Challenge.
0: What a dumbass idea.
3: (laughs) (laughs) On Facebook Watch, it's going to be starting in two weeks on uh, Tuesday, September 18, 10 p.m. Eastern. There's going to be a 10-minute pre-show prior to the show starting uh, they're going to be 30-minute episodes, 14 of them, and for the first time ever, they're going to be streaming live not only in the U.S., but also in a bunch of other countries. Germany, Mexico, Australia, France, Indonesia, the Philippines, Spain, Thailand, Vietnam. No Canada, and I'm devastated, but uh, it'll be airing live in all those other places. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's going to be round-robin style this year. They used the word tournament, Sean, in the WWE.com release. They used the word tournament. And they've also announced the team. So Raw is going to have Braun and Alexa returning, and then four new teams Bobby Lashley and Sasha Banks, Finn Balor, Bailey, Jinder Mahal, Alicia Fox, Kevin Owens, Natalia. SmackDown, they're having uh, three teams returning Ms. Asuka, Jimmy Uso, Naomi, Rusev Lana, and then two new teams R Truth, Carmella, AJ uh, Styles, Charlotte. Are you going to be watching every week, man? Who gives a shit?
2: <laughs>
0: uh, no, I won't be watching it You will be week. watching? I will be told if something important happens. I will try to pack it in. I mean, I watch Lucha Underground, NXT, Ring of Honor. I watch shows that we review on Fightful Select, too. So my schedule's really slammed. Mm. If I can squeeze it in, I will. But we will cover it, of course. And I'm sure that Warren Hayes will probably cover it on his... Uh, he essentially he's got a midweek wrap up of his own. Yeah, there's so much programming on. I used to do that fightful select weekender to review everything else. Yep, we essentially have two shows where we got to review mix match challenge, May Young Classic, two hundred five live NXT, and then non WWE stuff. It's pretty wild. There's a lot
3: of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I used to watch the first season. Uh, and I got turned off when Braun Strowman, who at that time back in January, February, they were building up as a baby face, they were just starting to build oh. them up. And I lost interest when Braun Strowman, all what, six nine, three hundred and fifty pounds of them, was practically yeah. passing out because Alexa Bliss winked at him.
0: You 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 what? You got turned off, you say. Well, luckily oh, God. our boys at Blue Chew can help you out, Jimmy. B L U E Chew.com, it can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. You know what, Jimmy? Maybe even you could have gotten through a tournament. But now, thanks to BlueChew.com, code Fightful, you can get through a round-robin tournament. You can go a little bit harder, if you know what I'm saying. You can take these things anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And they're chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. They are prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visit. No waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, no more awkwardness. Hey, maybe your lady hasn't been happy. Maybe you're – I'm not judging. Maybe you're trying to do a little mixed-match challenge. You never know. I got two kids. I'm good. good. I want you more. Go2.com. Code (laughs) Fight ships Direct. Cheaper than a pharmacy – just pay $5 shipping. You get that first shipment free, bluechew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter. Just let them know that you heard about him from us. Maybe let them know that you like the plug. Maybe let them know that you like your plug thanks to bluechew.com, code FIGHTFUL.
3: Have you asked them for a sample? I do have a code. Uh, no, I, okay, I want you to get a sample, and I want you to put up a FIGHTFUL select weekend or update of Sean Ross Sapp's results.
0: Er- let me, let me say, that raise is coming, and so is something else.
3: So uh, John Cena John Cena is in China right now filming a movie with Jackie Chan. And oh, wow. Be, and because he's in China, he was able to appear on the WWE live event in Shanghai this past weekend. Now he had teased on social media that he was going to debut a new move. Oh
0: yeah,
3: on the Shanghai live event. Uh, and we have it. I believe it was uh, Cena and Bobby Lashley against Elias and Kevin Owens. That was the tag team match, I believe. We have a video of the finish. Go ahead and put that up, Nigel. Ah, whatever. Where did that? I don't even know where that video came from. It was on social media. WWE didn't post that. Where'd that come from?
0: They'll still claim it. I mean, they they blocked a fan cam footage of Dean Ambrose's return that I had.
3: Really? I would just keep continually disputing it. That's what I would do until the, until they're tired of it. I would just keep disputing it. Anyway. Uh, after that match, uh, and I guess I should explain, because sometimes I forget that some of our listeners are not video, they're, uh, they're audio yeah. only. So in case you missed that, uh, that was Elias in the ring with uh, Cena. Cena hit him with a little back fist uh, after the, uh, after the uh, yeah. FU, hit him with a little back fist and pinned him. Cena afterwards on Twitter thanked the JC Fight Team, which would be the Jackie Chan Fight Team, for teaching him the art of Bajiquan. and uh and if you're not familiar with that that's a short range striking art and so the joke is that jackie chan's team taught him short range striking and he was able to take out uh, poor poor little elias with that uh with that spot i don't know man was what it was i mean it's a live event you know what'd you think
0: (sighs) whatever Mm. i mean it was stupid
3: it was stupid but again it was just a little live event so whatever
0: Yeah, I didn't give a shit. Didn't bother me, but I mean, it was
3: it was dumb. It was dumb. It was dumb. Uh, Bray Wyatt yesterday, September fourth, he posted this on Twitter. Nigel, you got that handy? Yes,
4: I do. Here we go.
3: So this thing, this is quite the long ass Twitter message. Uh, I'll read it real quick, I guess, for our audio people. I was hindered, sick, abused, and abandoned. He showed me Eden, a God I can sell. It was always here. Fix everything, Mr. Mercy. Behold my children, a master reborn. This time, Ja, we changed the world. Who are we? Wait for me. Do you see lucid? Now, you can notice that some of the letters he had capitalized, uh, and he put all those letters together. It said, kill them all. And so, I don't know, what do you think? Is It said Resurrect White at the bottom. Hashtag Resurrect White. Single's
0: push. Go, go figure. Right, Another right single's on, push? Right on time because Eric Rowan got hurt. but <laughs> <So> <laughs> it did it the, always seems,
3: Do you think yeah, Luke Harper might be with him again?
0: I don't know about that. But, I mean, I know that his personal life has cleared up a little bit of yeah, late. And yeah. That was something that caused issues. He's got his own Instagram now. But, you know, Somebody else who has been sick and abused and knows all about Eden is Cody Rhodes. <laughs> That's
3: who we very spoke cute. To. Very oh, cute. That was actually really clever, man.
0: You're goddamn right it was.
3: Eden Styles for you that didn't pick that up. That oh, was pretty Cody, good.
0: Don't insult their intelligence. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Cody Rhodes' wife. All right.
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cut into this clip, yeah, Cody. Oh,
2: okay. no, no, no. That was the boys. Said- you know, having WGN, having the pre-show for All In on there. Sure. Were there any hurdles with that, with uh, the Tribune Company and the Sinclair uh, potential merger, with you know, Sinclair being the parent company of Ring of Honor? That's a
6: great question. Um, the best answer is none of this could happen had it just, had it been a company. Yeah. Had it been a like conglomerate presence of WWE, a Ring of Honor, New Japan? Instead, this happened because it was three guys. And that's why none of this whole situation happening, surrounding, you know, throughout all the madness, we were just quiet. Mm -hmm. And people, they wanted all in. They wanted to have zero hour on. And uh, we were outside of the politics. So it was very nice. It was something that was heavily discussed. But when it came to this, hey, we want wrestling. Hey, we have the best wrestling thing to give you. Done.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so are you going to continue to push for, for All Us and All Incoming and all of that kind of stuff to be produced uh, following this event, or is that kind of just stuff leading up to the All In show?
6: I'd like to keep it going. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the sentiment behind All In isn't, isn't a single show, as we've seen with this convention existing here with StarCast and the whole town kind of being wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to keep it going. I mean, I'm wrestling for the NWA World title on Saturday, but I'm also at the end of the month wrestling for the New Japan U.S. Heavyweight Championship. So I'd like all us and all incoming, I mean, whether we change titles or not. There's a really great production company behind that. Uh, David Lagana has done an exceptional job. Uh, he likes capturing what's happening in a wrestler's life in a real way, and uh, I like being the focus for that.
2: Speaking of, uh, of of NWA, you know, you're obviously up uh, for the uh, 10, 10 pounds of gold yeah. this weekend. Um, has NWA, have they ever contacted you for an angle before Billy Corgan and, and, and Dave LaDonna came in? Was that something that you were ever approached on?
6: Yeah, I, I, it's always been floated my way because it's like the easiest thing to do, I guess. It's like, oh, he's Dusty Rhodes' son. But as most people find out, um, if you met Dusty, he was the big star. If you meet my brother, he's the friendliest of them all. And then if you meet me, God, that guy's kind of a jerk. <laughs> and I don't know why I am. I get it all from my, from my mother, I think. But I think uh, I, I pushed so much, so much Dusty related things away, not because I don't love them, not because I, they're not valuable to me, because they're not me. In this case, this came along as something that felt like me. Hey, I want to wrestle for the NWA title. And Billy and I talked about it. And um, and then the next thing you know, all right, well, let's get it done. And then I happen to be self-funding promoting a show of my own. What a perfect spot. Because for a minute, they didn't have a match. I didn't have a match. And they've pumped blood back into the 10 pounds of gold. I mean, they literally was under the earth just... Barely with the faintest signal of life left, and they've pumped blood back into it, and they've made you turn your head. That's this whole show. Uh, Pentagon. Who is Pentagon? Well, if you don't know, you're going to find out. Marco Stunt, how did he get in the battle royal? Well, you'll find out. It's about turning heads.
2: Excellent. All right, thank you so much.
6: Thank you.
0: Fightfulwrestling.com. You all know where to get the scoops, my friends.
3: So we were talking earlier about women's wrestling. We were talking about evolution and all that stuff. So, um, in the past, we've talked about Madison Reen and how she's made appearances for multiple promotions at the same time. She was in Ring of Honor, so then she was in Impact, then she did the Mae Young Classic. Let's talk about Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. So Tessa Blanchard, she's already the impact champion, or uh, the knockout champion, I should say. I guess that's sort of the impact. Same thing, impact yeah. knockout champion. Yeah, so she's the knockout champion. Uh, now they've announced, just today, September 5th, that she has signed a contract with Women of Wrestling. She's uh, going to appear at their tapings next month for Access TV. The tapings are on October 10 and 11. They're going to be airing starting in January. She's going to continue working with Impact. In addition to working with uh, women of wrestling, this is a very interesting time in wrestling. Can you ever remember, Sean, a time in wrestling when contracted talent, forget about talent jumping from territory to territory in the old days, contracted talent, televised contracted talent is working for different promotions at the same time. This is a very unique time in pro wrestling.
0: Yeah, I really like it too because... Impact has found out, uh, hey, maybe it's it's better if we have an extra 100,000 people seeing these people on yes, a weekly basis exactly. or here and there, and it improves relationships so you can get talent exchanges going. And now they have management that won't, you know, bring over Okada and put him in this weird-ass angle, like in a mask or something. <laughs> you, you'll notice when they... Kato, the right? Deal,
3: Was yeah. it Kato? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: they started the, the deal ishimori's been getting a nice push since he started with new japan so they're 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 working on these relationships it's something i spoke to brian cage about recently which will be up on fightful.com next week over a 10-day period he was on wgn america l ray and pop tv that's not something that would have happened even last year because do you remember when ricochet couldn't appear on the first night of the california new japan tapings because they were on Access, he Mm -hmm. had to appear the next night because it was on New Japan World, a streaming service. And he said, Lucha Underground are being pricks right now. (laughs)
3: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. So, I mean, that's all out the window. They're changing. They're switching things up.
3: What was it again with Impact back with Hernandez and a referee? Remember?
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) I think it was Marty Elias that had appeared on something. And Conan talked to me about this earlier this year. They had to blur out his face, but Hernandez was still under a deal, and they had filmed months worth of stuff with the beatdown clan mm-hmm. and not only did they have to cancel that 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 whole group ended up pretty much getting cut mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the whole group ended up leaving because of it
3: right right
0: because impact didn't sure everything up they took a guy for his work
3: right last thing on my list this week and i feel like a broken record because i've mentioned this before but i want to mention it again dave batista all right So right now he is doing the media rounds because he's promoting a film called Final Score uh, that he did with Pierce Brosnan. It's a low-budget thing. I don't even know if it's going to have much of a theatrical run. But he's promoting it right now. And I've seen two interviews with him this week, Sean. Two. One was on British local television. One was on uh, some podcasts. The point of both of them was to promote this film called Final Score. In both interviews, wrestling came up. And in both interviews, he said again that he wants to go back for another run. He said that he has open dialogue with WWE. He wants the timing and the opponent to be right, but he said he misses wrestling. He wants to go back. Um, We've talked about this before, and I'm still convinced. I think that Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon were soured by his last run because he's got a different mindset now. He's got movie money, so to speak. He's got other options. He doesn't need pro wrestling in order to put food on the table, and so he calls his own shots a little bit differently. You remember the WrestleMania press conference where he was you know, talking about who wrote this crap and they should be fired, and Stephanie, I'm sorry if it was you, but you, you know it sucks kind of thing. I think that they're sour on that run because of that. But at the same time, the guy's a Marvel movie star. He was in a $2 billion grossing movie. And he wants to come back. He and wants he to, wants come, to back. come
0: back.
3: Like, don't be an idiot. He wants it, to come back.
0: The line of thinking they have with so many of these guys, because they really forced him to become one of the guys like maybe he wasn't even ready yet but he embraced it and he became like that if they had Braun back then Braun would probably be in Guardians of the Galaxy these days that's that's what they have in him mm-hmm. it's so weird how their mentality will change all the time and it's like oh we want these crossover stars unless they actually want to be here like what's no that that's weird Well they want
3: them to toe the company line right and they yeah. and they want them to you know it's our way or the highway kind of mentality. I don't know. I just don't understand. And I, I know there have been rumors about Rock and Roman Reigns for WrestleMania, right? There's rumors about that. And that's all fine and good. Imagine a Rock-Batista match where Batista yeah. is the Marvel movie star. Rock is arguably the most popular movie star in the world now. Imagine a Rock-Batista match and the kind of mainstream publicity they would get out of that matchup. Drax against whatever the hell his Furious character's name was. I forget.
0: And you, and you don't compromise any of your regular stars either.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Like, it, to me, that's a no-brainer to do stuff like Logan that.
0: Logan Paul
3: versus KSI
0: did 800,000 eye-pay-per-view buys.
3: Yeah, now Sage Northcutt's calling out Logan Paul. Because yeah, Sage Northcutt's did. not stupid, man.
0: He would whip his ass in about 30 seconds. He would,
3: but he sees the opportunity. Oh he sees the yeah. opportunity, right?
0: I think CM Punk versus Logan Paul is a legit fight they could put on in the future. Uh,
3: after the last fight, I'm questioning if Punk would even beat Logan Paul, to be he honest with you. He stole the gym. That's nice. Yeah. He didn't impress me. He didn't impress so. me either. Although, again, 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 with all due respect to Punk, he had the balls to get in there, number one. Number two, he had that lawsuit on his mind. So we'll give him that, I guess. Plus, he had the back injury that, that took away from his training for a while. Yeah. But he, he looked like shit.
0: What else you got?
3: That's all I got, man. That's
0: it. That's all you got?
3: That's it. Oh. What
0: do you have going on this? Oh, oh what? what?
3: No, once again, FightfulSelect.com after yeah, this. Stupid People Extended. I got three more. Another SRS file story for you. Let's go to FightfulSelect.com after this for that.
0: I love it. We've got a uh, Fightful alternate commentary. That's one of the options you get at the $50 tier. You can, uh, instead of requesting a retro review, you can request that I do alternate commentary on a match because in the retro reviews, you know sometimes we're doing eight to 10 matches in one hour. On the alternate commentary, I can spend 20, 25 minutes on one match. And I don't watch Chris Benoit matches unless I'm assigned to. And somebody picked the ladder match with jericho at royal rumble 2001 i think maybe i hadn't watched that match in 16 years it's one of the best ladder matches i've ever seen much less singles ladders matches it was outstanding and it was a joy to call all things
3: considered was we that the down. one with the walls on top of the ladder
0: yeah sure yeah, was yeah. Uh, we have a new dark match commentary up we have a new jimmy Van's match archives up for tier two members which features a young Angelina Love, and a young Bobby Roode. Jimmy. I
3: actually have a, a note on that. Oh, really? I sent that match to Lauren Williams, Angelina Love, as well as to two of the wrestlers that were in it, the Tyron Eric Dawson and JQ Public. Yeah. And I was told that that match, when uh, JQ gave her the Black, uh, black Hole Slam, that was yeah. her first ever bump as part, wow. of a, as part of a wrestling show. Her you first ever bump on a wrestling show.
0: We have that at Fightful Select. I'm posting early news there all the time. The weekly is already up on Fightful Select right now. Lots of exclusives in there. It's a good time. Check it out. We've got multiple tiers. We're thinking about tinkering with some of them. Uh, so if there's stuff that you all want on Fightful Select, let me know. My, my schedule is very full, but I am opening it up for Fightful Select especially. Uh, you guys have that up and rocking, and I, I always appreciate the interaction there. But we have another contest coming soon. Go ahead and start commenting on those stories because that's what it's what an entry is going to be. And I might even I might even say, you know what? I'll go back to September fifth and count those as well. Hot
3: dog. So Marie got some new masks <laughs> Where because did you get those? because well because she's contractually I'm, I'm contractually obligated ah, to let her wear them. No, we get it. So let me see hey, what that is. Hey, so you see that she's got uh, she's uh, La Maria today. So in here I have. This is a Ray Mysterio mask right here. I she have wanted, a few at the house. yep, she wanted that, so she's got that. This one here, I forget who that is. There you go. That ring a bell? It's Ultimo Dragon. Oh, there you go, Ultimo Dragon. So she's got that too. So yeah, because I'm contractually obligated to let Marie wear masks on the show because that's what she wanted. So got some new masks for.
0: Her. Man. <laughs> You're running that storyline into the ground, aren't you? It's no storyline.
3: It's legitimacy. It's legitimacy. Yeah. Marie, contractually, I cannot have her on the list on your boy without a mask on because that's what she wanted, Sean. Marie, you're never going to see her on here without a mask.
4: Marie
0: gets go-away heat, I think. You think so? Also, if if – got to be careful how I say this because I know how you, you're like, whoa, you're insinuating. If we do another show in Toronto, we have like six feet over our heads that is nothing but Marie –
3: no, because we'll be in the new media room by then. Hopefully, hopefully, okay. I am officially at war with the building.
0: Officially,
3: yeah, yeah. I actually told the building yesterday that I know that they're greasing certain palms, and that's why they're giving me trouble. I did. I told them that. I said, you know I said, what? I said, I know you're greasing certain palms, and you don't know like. I got a third party involved, and you're giving me trouble, and it's bullshit. I told them that.
0: Well, if your palms should I be saying that on
3: the air, Nigel? Well, it's too late because I already yeah, did. I mean, so. if
0: it, it, their palms are that worn out, they could just go to bluechew.com, use the code FIGHTFUL, and maybe get some real action. But, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Melissa and I fist-fought in that media room because right now it looks like a place where you would fist-fight. I don't know if I want to let the world see that, but...
3: Uh, it depends on who goes over. If the right if the right result is in place, goes then over, you can show it.
0: Goes over. There was no say in the matter. Huh. Fightful.com, fightfulwrestling.com. Let people know about us. Our uh your word of mouth helps us out a lot as a young independent wrestling website. Check us out. Jimmy Van 74, Sean Ross Sapp, and Fightful online. Until next time, guys. We're out.